2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12 month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, discounts not available in all states and situations.
3: The new quarterback for the New York Jets, second overall pick, Zach Wilson on hand with some of his teammates. Zach Wilson and the Jets having some fun. <laughs>
2: That was the Saturday game. The Islanders hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins at series two games apiece. Game five tonight from the Igloo in Pittsburgh. Oh, baby. There's no way Zach Wilson doesn't get carded when he goes to probably not. There's no no way he doesn't get carded. Is he even
3: 21? Who doesn't? I don't know. I mean, when I was 35, I was still getting carded. So what's that mean? I don't know. But yes, he is getting carded. You know, I mean, and this—I
2: is- don't mean—I don't mean the perfunctory. I know. We have to put the you. date into the computer, or right. we can't sell it right. to you. Because I still get that, and I'm like, "Are you serious? Yeah, okay. I need to see your ID. Are you—are you serious? But well, I'm talking about legitimately McLovin-type fake right. ID right. for Zach Wilson." That he he looks thirteen.
3: No, I, I I get it. It's a huge topic of conversation up here, like with the Jets fans up here in the Northeast area. Definitely like, man, I love him. He looks good, but he looks like he's thirteen. That's really what they say all the time. He's got such a baby face. Is he gonna be able to do this? Is he gonna be able to handle New York and the pressure and everything like that? Yes, he is. And what the hell does a baby face have to do with it? I mean, last time I checked, I mean, Steph Curry and Patrick Mahomes are doing okay with baby faces. They seem to be kind of dominating life. So, hey, let's see where it goes. But there's no doubt. He's getting carded for sure. And a good New York bar, like, they're definitely giving it a good look. Maybe bringing out the flashlight, too, and, like, checking checking for the holograms. Like, are you sure this this is real and you're really 21, kid? Yeah, I mean, as hot takes go, the idea
2: that he has a baby face and thus he won't be a good football player is as hot as they get. Yes. My point is just that he looks really young, like, hey, who from the Jets brought his kid to the game? <laughs> That's my reaction when I see that photo. Father-son
3: moment there between Zach Wilson and whoever's next to him. So, uh it's pretty good. Anyway, yeah. Would you have a good uh, weekend? I mean, we didn't really text much this weekend or anything like that. Everything. No,
2: good? no. Well, you know what? I stopped texting you because you don't text me back. You're so <laughs> into whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. I send you a friendly text you don't respond I, I did that one of those
3: before I get the hint oh gosh shut up you sensitive Sally you gosh <laughs> you did it one time you're right I, I did I like to text I like to text people who text me back I know well you yeah. texted me I believe what was it like two Fridays ago something like that and I was already a few drinks in and I kind of just lost track of the night and didn't return the text wait, Sorry. wait
2: no wait I thought your excuse was Philip had my phone so oh. you got to get your lies straight <laughs> it might have been when you could have been a, a possibility
3: too I could show you his playlist and everything he does he dominates my phone. but you know I don't don't know I'm sorry I don't mean to do that to you I just I'm daddy daycare on the weekends now Mike all I do is drive my damn kids around to activities and sports and like you know the days of like one sport per season has gone it's it's now it's two and three sports per season and all I do is feel like I drive around my little boy with with sports you know endeavors all weekend (laughs) yeah I'm not doing that I don't
2: know what the right age is, and I can't remember
3: how old my son was when he got his first phone. But does your son not have his own phone? You know what? He does, but there is something about he like – I have, I guess, a few games on my phone that he likes, and I I don't know what it is. My little girl who's 14, about to be 15, she likes to – Take my phone, too, uh, and and look at it. I don't know what the deal is with that. I guess it's just like, hey, it's your dad's. Let me check it out. He might have some things that are cool to look at.
4: Or or some
3: dangerous things. (laughs) Is is
2: your phone your kid's burner? Is Is it that
3: simple? I don't know. They tell me things like when they go on TikTok on my phone or Instagram since it's everything, like the homepage is different and everything's different there because I don't look at the same things they look. So they like that too. I don't know. Gosh, I, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. All right. <laughs> let's just,
2: let's just turn the page. Good weekend. Uh, and, good weekend. Uh, yes. Good. <laughs> uh, interesting weekend as it relates to this percolating sense that the Falcons want To trade Julio Jones, can they trade him is really the question that still lingers. It was four weeks ago today, the Monday of draft week, and it was no accident that three different reporters all had the same scoop at about the same time that the Falcons are looking to trade Julio Jones. They deliberately got it out there. They spread the word. They wanted going into the draft. Anyone looking for a receiver to know, if you don't get that guy you covet, we got somebody that you may be interested in if you simply want to take on a $15.3 million salary guaranteed for skill injury and cap in 2021 and they've made it clear that they want a second round pick. The same round they got a pick for when they gave Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots in 2019 but it's all about unloading that salary and creating cap space as of June 2 when they can reduce the acceleration that otherwise would hit the cap. They can't do it pre-June 1. They can do it as of June two, we're just a week away from that happening, but a deal can be tentatively agreed to between now and then. Chris, I still have yet to hear anything, see anything, read anything, divine anything that would suggest there's a trade partner. Okay, out
3: there okay, good for Julio Jones. Good. I, I'm, have you? I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm not gonna lie; like I was a little stressed this morning. Driving into the office, going like, I don't really have any feel for anybody that's really interested in him right now. I don't. Not like legitimately. I I really was. I was a little. So I'm glad to hear you say that, that you haven't really heard anything solid along those lines either. I haven't as well. And, you know, that's where I'm, I'm fascinated by this whole topic with Julio Jones, just because, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to it. You know, he is the ultimate boom or bust, I think, type of trade. Uh, you know, asset, player, whatever. Yeah, I I do think that, you know, he's still got some mileage left. And we see last year there was a few games where he looks special and all of those type of things. But, Mike, you and I both know, we've talked about this a lot throughout the years. I mean, Julio Jones is a little dangerous, too, at this point of his career. It has been a lot of wear and tear. And you and I both know that he doesn't practice much. It's load management to the finest as far as NFL wide receivers are concerned. And not that he's like, oh, I'm just taking it off, but I think he's got issues he's managing within his body to be able to play every Sunday like we talked about a little last week. So that's where, you know, yeah, good player, whoa, a lot of money, team he's on right now doesn't really need him anymore. You know, who out there is going to be really desperate for a guy with all of those type of things Uh, It's going to take a special type of investigation to feel comfortable with with the player there. That's where uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Atlanta can get for it.
2: Well, the folks at PointsBet know something. They know enough to set odds for the next destination of Julio Jones. And look what teams at the very top. The San Francisco 49ers at plus 450. Colts and the Chargers not far behind at plus 475. Do you think that the the 49ers would would make a move? I I, I know that it's easy to connect dots. Kyle yeah, Shanahan. Sure. In Atlanta, right. the year that the Falcons almost won a Super Bowl and Julio Jones was still smack dab in the middle of his prime, but that was 5 years ago. Exactly. Would he would would Julio Jones of today make a difference for a 49ers offense that, you know, beyond the quarterback question,
3: it's is it's really good. Fairly loaded. Yeah, it's loaded, right? You know, loaded, Mike, and uh, I was surprised to see this. And again, I, I have no inside information here. I don't know what the 49ers, maybe they do like Julio Jones. I don't know. I really have no clue. I was shocked. I think Philip may know since Philip has your phone. He Maybe might. Phillip's Maybe he's been texting text Kyle. Kyle. Maybe he knows. Maybe you let him know. Maybe that's where I didn't figure out of his Trey Lance. Maybe Philip <laughs> knew all along, and that's where you go. <laughs> but like, I was surprised to see the 49ers on the top of that list. You know, for, for for like you said, it's a talented offense. They got two young receivers that I would be if I'm Kyle Shanahan. I'm reluctant to take off the field. I mean it's a top of the fir- second round DeBo Samuel wide receiver who's very talented, Brandon Ayuk, first round wide receiver, you know, and the 49ers are a team Mike too that they're not a big three wide receiver on the field type of offense. Shanahan likes his tight end and his fullback and to be in that 21 personnel that we talk about so much. So that's where I didn't I was shocked to see that is what I'm saying. I didn't think that made sense and I don't see that happening with the 49ers.
2: And again there's been there's been nothing linking Julio right. Jones to anyone. And and if the Falcons were getting any calls from any team, I guarantee you it would make its way out into the media some way somehow. Uh, except for one team because Bill Belichick has managed to convince anyone and everyone that if anything ever comes out about any discussions that we've had with you about any of our players or your players or anything that possibly could be transacted, we pull the plug immediately and we mean it. That's why agents don't talk. Teams don't talk. You never know what Bill Belichick's up to. However, however, there was a report from Mike Giardi of NFL media over the weekend. The Patriots have had internal discussions about Jones. Giardi followed it up with, I don't know how serious they were Well, I mean, all due respect, why wouldn't they have internal discussions if we don't, at at a minimum, you're going to, you're going to, at some point, you know, you're drinking a cup of coffee and eating a donut. Hey, wait, Julio Jones, they're really trying to move him. Yeah. What do you think? Well, next, I mean, that's internal discussions. We, it could be, it could be,
1: they brought it up and shot it
2: down. Or it could be all the way up to they're plotting to make a move as of
3: June 2 to go try to get him. Well, anytime I hear like the Patriots, when I I have a player that, yes, is rumored to be on the market and all those things, and then you don't hear about teams substantially in the argument, and all of a sudden the Patriots come out of nowhere, I won't lie, and I'm not disputing reporting or anything like that. But I always think, oh, that might be propaganda because you know that's the move right in the recent NFL. Tell the world that the Patriots are interested in my player. And now they think that, you know, the other 31 teams are like, oh, the Patriots are in. Yeah, Bill's on it. Uh Uh-oh, he knows something we don't. We better get interested. Right? I mean, for New England, I'd be like, no, you don't need Julio Jones either. You have a ton of offense. And these are the guys that have blown up in their face. I mean, a.k.a. Muhammad Sanu or Chad Ochocinco you know, aging veterans where Belichick might have had like an uh, uh, what, affinity. Am I saying that right for right at yes, one point? good. But now yes. he's like he's old and it's it's dangerous and he's breaking down. And that to me is like this would be the, the ultimate like New England. Ooh, I don't know if this is going to work type move. So I don't know if I buy that.
2: Randy Moss was 30 his first year with the Patriots. 30. Yeah. Just so saying.
3: That, that worked. I know, but that worked, and, and, it, and it, was it was perceived.
2: It was perceived that he was washed up at right. thirty. That that now, to a trained eye, it's just Randy Moss didn't care his second year with the Raiders. It was a waste of his yes, time. Exactly, he wasn't trying. Right, he shut it down. Right, and the Patriots secretly—I don't know how secret it was. I remember Al Davis suggesting there was some sort of collusion between Mike Lombardi and Bill Belichick, but they knew he could still run. They did the deal for a fourth-round pick, and it worked out. Now, the Patriots are the ones who gave up the second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. So maybe the Falcons think they are the, I know. the ones that, that maybe will overpay for this guy. But the key is going to be the salary. What's the salary, right? What, what, how much are you going to take on and how much will the Falcons pay? The Falcons are not going to get off the hook paying zero. They're going to have to pay some of it, especially if they want a second round pick. How much are they going to have to pay to make it work? And here's the other side of it, too. Thomas Dimitrov, who was the GM of the Falcons, can now tell Bill exactly what's up with Julio Jones. That's true. Everything that Julio Jones has done physically. All the stuff that went on three years ago when Julio Jones was going to hold out and insisted on getting a contract that made him the highest paid receiver in football. That contract that's weighing the Falcons' cap down now. Dimitrov can now be completely and totally transparent. And, uh, you know, if Belichick makes a move, then that means th- there's still plenty of gas in the tank and there's reason to think that it's a worthwhile trade. If the Patriots don't make the move, then, you know, at a minimum, he's going to talk to Dimitrov because Dimitrov has no reason. To not talk to Belichick sure. at this point, he's not in the in the trust tree anymore with the Falcons. But he sure knows a lot from the time that he was.
3: No, I, I know. Yes, and you know, again, Julio Jones could he help out the New England Patriots? Sure, but to the way that we would envision it, and him being like a big fifteen hundred yard type receiver and being a staple in the offense, I just don't see that happening with the way the Patriots are built right now and Cam Newton at quarterback and everything like that. And you got a quarterback that's going to take over, you know, in the future and Mac Jones. And what are you going to do, trade away future assets to hinder his ability to develop and all those things? What, for one, two years maybe with Julio Jones? That's where it doesn't make sense. To me, it's going to be a special team who really feels like, hey, we're, we're truly maybe a one guy away or we're desperate at this position or something like that, that type of player. What, you think New England is that? What? What are you saying? No,
2: no, no, no. What? You're you're, you're leading me down a path that I went down on Friday with Shereen Williams when you were in your hammock right. with your mismatched legs and 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 uh, neck tan, uh, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yes,
3: no doubt. That's a team that certainly jumps out to you when you kind of lay it out there where you go, wait. Everything's kind of good. They got a lot of things to like on the roster. As we've seen, they missed like an explosive part of element of their offense. He could maybe bring that. You know, that is. But again, I think it's the big thing too is like these teams are going to have to do some I don't want to say collusion or their investigations into the status of Julio Jones' body. That is going to be the big thing to me. Almost like that's always the rumors I heard exactly what you're talking about with the Raiders and the Patriots and the Randy Moss thing. I mean, the rumor in the NFL was that the Patriots followed him for a period of time when he was in Miami and had people watching him work out to know that he was actually healthy and those type of things. So that's the kind of info you got to dig up on Julio because, yeah, you don't want to trade away, you know, low-round picks. Or, or yeah, high-round high round picks. High-round high round picks and give substantial money To a guy who what all of a sudden might be on the field eight nine games this year that's where it's scary, Mike. And here's like another thing, Mike too, like that it's if you're if you're Atlanta, you can't just trade Julio Jones away for a two, can you? Like you can't just do a two. Yes,
2: that's yes, that's what they want. They want a two.
3: I they don't want anything more than that. They're gonna just settle with a two. I I, to me that's not necessarily the best look either. I mean the fact that they got Mohamed Sanu away for a two and now you're gonna give Julio Jones away. That's just right. But, but, but you're, you're, you're only getting a two because they're
2: taking 15.3 million off your books. Yes. And I don't know that they get both. I don't know that you can pull that off. No, you're right. I think to get the two, you got to pay five million, maybe. I don't know. And if you're, if you're only going to pay a million or two or nothing, you're going to get a lot less than a two. It, it, they go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. But the Packers to me are fascinating because if, The front office truly wants to rebuild the obliterated bridge with Aaron Rodgers. If you really want to work something out, you go to Aaron Rodgers with a spreadsheet, with some sort of a document, with something to to show him, here's the contract that we propose for you. Here's how you're going to create some cap space through it, but it's also going to tie us to you and you to us for multiple years. Oh, we're going to put a no-trade clause in there as well. You're going to have a lot of money. There's going to be guarantee. It's going to be a big cap number next year. We can't just walk away. We can't rip it up. We can't trade you. You will be our guy. And with the cap money that we create this year, along with restructuring, let's say, Devontae Adams' contract, because he's one of the guys with an eight-figure salary that could create some cap space for the Packers, we're going to go get Julio Jones. So you're going to have Devontae Adams. You're going to have Julio Jones. Let's go. Let's do this. And, and I don't know that that would fix things at this point, but if the Packers really wanted to try to fix it, that would seem like the kind of gesture that, that Aaron yes. Rodgers would at least
3: pay some attention. To. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. You could really maybe, you know, kill, you know, uh, what is it? One bird with two stones, <laughs> two birds with one. Stone. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. No,
2: no, it's too late. You took your hand off. You took all your right, hand right, off. Yep, I got did it you wrong. It You're purpose. right. It's one Monday morning and I'm
3: foggy. So Yes. But, yeah, you could do both there. Like, improve your team, make it explosive, maybe have a guy make a play in an NFC championship game other than Aaron Rodgers having to be perfect and dissect everything and every perfect throw and every perfect decision. Like, you know, it's not against the rules for one of those guys to break a tackle and run for 50 yards like the other teams do against them. I mean, it's not. So, yeah, you could do that and help your team out and also, like you're saying, kill that other bird Because, hey, here's a guy for you, Aaron Rodgers. We're still trying to support you. I mean, agreed. Mike, it's the first team that came to my mind, too. You know that. I mean, come on. That's my guy up there. I'd like to see some weapons around him.
2: Yeah, I don't know that the Packers really care at this point. The Packers, as far as I can tell, continue to be in that posture of play for us or play for no one by the way OTAs start today I doubt that Aaron Rodgers will be there he's got a $500,000 workout bonus this year they worked out something with the Packers players where they could put in their time phase one and phase two on their own they didn't have to be there to get credit toward their workout bonus but they got to be there for phase three to get credit toward the workout bonus and it's usually a high percentage like 90 percent or more that you have to participate in to earn that bonus so Aaron Rodgers is either going to be there this week or isn't, and I don't think it's going to be a big story one way or the other because I don't expect him to be there. The mandatory minicamp is what's going to matter, and I, I, Rodgers is on ESPN tonight, Kenny Mayne's last show. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what Rodgers delves into. Uh, I, I, how can you have him on and and not get into? Yeah, Any I would think stuff. so. So maybe right. we'll find something out tonight. DeAndre Hopkins at one point in the past few days yeah. tweeted that he would restructure his contract for Julio Jones, and then he deleted it. And maybe he deleted it because someone said to him, "There's really nothing you can do." Exactly. Your salary's four point seven five million. It's not like it's going to create that much cap space. They have other guys on the team like a Chandler Jones, where they could do. He, and even though Jones is in the last year of his contract, you could take that salary, add some dummy years, turn it into a signing bonus, create some cap space that way. And they're pressed up against the cap yes, as are right. the Packers. They'd have to create some cap space, but there's not much DeAndre Hopkins can do. And the other side of it too, I think at some point, and who knows why he deleted it. But you got other teammates. You got that, Christian that's Kurt, what got it is to me. Green. Exactly. You got Rondale Moore. Right. It's like those guys would be it. like, "What the hell? Who are we?"
3: That's it. I, I would, Mike. You're. I, I think that's spot on. That's what kind of jumped out to me throughout the whole thing. It's like. He came to the realization, like, damn, we got a lot of good receivers. Like, kind of, I'm kind of being disrespectful here by adding this guy into the group here, and we got some guys that I would bet you some of the people and someone in the organization maybe even reached out to him to like, hey, we're excited about this group we got. We're we're good. Like, you know, AJ's here. He's already filled that role that Julio would do. So we don't need another guy to be like that. I mean, what? Two, like, risky veteran-type receivers? Why? So they can both be, like, riding bikes on the sidelines? and You know, that doesn't make sense to me there. I will say this with Arizona. I mean, uh, on the fact of Julio and teams that at least make sense a little to me to a degree is Arthur Smith's old team, like with the Tennessee Titans. I've, I know Derrick Henry put something on social media, and that was one when he said it, or just, it just popped into my brain, where I was like... You know, they have a need. They definitely do. He would fit it across the, you know, the field from AJ Brown. They're going to run the ball, play action pass, let him work down the field, do those type of things. And with no Corey Davis or anybody like that, there is no real big time number 2 there or you know, uh yeah, number 2 in Tennessee right now. So that would make sense. Derrick Henry's tweet Titan
2: TF up. That that's I I It doesn't take a genius to figure out what he's really saying there, but he wants Julio Jones, and there was a video of the two of them working out as well. Not that that means anything. People are like, oh, look at this googly eye emoji. Julio Jones and Derrick Henry working out. So what? Derrick Henry's not the GM of the team. It means nothing. Yeah. Two guys on the same team are working out together. You know what it means? It means it's late May and there isn't much else to talk about, and I got no problem with that. I understand the business side of it, but it means nothing until the Titans look around the issue and consider doing it. And, hey, it it, it, it that, that is a spot where he could make a difference. I agree. If you can make right. it work from a cap standpoint, he yeah. could make a difference for that Titans team.
3: Yeah, I, I I do think so. You know, yes it's it's a it's an offense that fits the player he is. You know, and I I think yeah, you play action pass. You let him work downfield. He can run post corners and deep outs and posts and go routes and all those type of things. Tannehill's a great down the field one-on-one type thrower you know him and A.J. Brown they're both physical specimens you wouldn't be able to really pin either guy to like one specific part of the offense they could both go over the middle and be physical they could both beat you deep do those type of things that that made sense Mike and honestly another team in the AFC South the Indianapolis Colts is the other team to me that makes a lot of sense just from the fact of like yeah they're in the Super Bowl one of the things that's hurt them a little the last few years, Paris Campbell being hurt, T.Y. Hilton a little older and banged up and things like that. Maybe this just gives you another body, a body insurance, another weapon, just in case some of those guys do get banged up during the year that you got a, a tip-top offense around Carson Wentz. I mean, they're a team that's right now, I mean, got everything you need, maybe just looking for a little cream on the on the top there to just make it a little bit better. If this is
2: about dumping salary primarily, then the Falcons, I think, will take whatever they can get as of June 2 or beyond and wipe that money off the books and have that cash and cap space to spend on other players. If this is about maximizing draft capital, Chris, their only option may be keep Julio Jones around, wait for the season to flesh itself out. let other teams see he's still got it right and then if the Falcons aren't contending by the time the trade deadline rolls around then maybe one of these other teams out there feeling like he's the missing piece will will overpay like the Patriots did for Mohamed Sanu like the 49ers did for Emmanuel Sanders when they gave up a third round pick and say okay fine he's healthy he's having a good year the Falcons are struggling now if he's healthy and having a good year Maybe the Falcons won't be struggling and they won't want to give him up, but they may have to play this out and they may have to get into the season if this is about getting the highest possible draft pick. But if this is about just getting rid of 15.3 million, then... Bye bye next week and make us an offer. What are you going to offer? It's third round pick, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, whatever. As long as you're taking the fifteen point three off our books, because that money is guaranteed for skill injury and cap.
3: They can't just cut him. Right? Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. You're right. They would maximize their leverage there. Yeah. There's risk, of course. Yeah, like you said, like if he got banged up maybe or pulled a hamstring when when the trade you know deadline is around and now he can't be traded or maybe that you know those teams we talk about just don't have that injury but you're right I think that would be their best chance to maximize and I do think the question of like that you bring up whether it's about is it about the money and just getting it out of here or is it do we want to collect assets are we really trying to do that aka more like the Miami Dolphins the last few years to set up their team if that's the case I don't know I mean Arthur Blank I don't think he's hurting in the cash department you know, no, if, it's cap. It's cap. It's yes, it's cap. It's cap. It's cap, cap. Space. But either way, I mean, the more they can swallow, the more they might be able to get. Maybe you can get more than just a second rounder this type of the year. Uh, if, if you can kind of find a way to take on the burden more than than you'd expect.
2: If they're coming to the conclusion that Matt Ryan's going to be the guy for the next few years, they need that cap space even if only to carry it over for next year when Matt Ryan's cap number is $44 So I think it's about the cap space. And I personally think that if they didn't have the guaranteed salary, they would just cut him if they can't find a trade partner. Now, from Julio Jones' perspective, last point on this, don't let yourself become Juwan James. Show up. Be there for the OTAs because that would be, if the Falcons really are just looking to dump cap space, he suffers a serious injury away from the facility. Hey, up oh, your salary's only guaranteed for skill, injury that happens at work, and salary cap. Injury that doesn't happen at work, you're not guaranteed for that. We're going to cut you just like the Broncos did with Juwan James. He's at risk of that. He needs to be in the building to, to avoid that potential outcome and make sure that $15.3 million remains fully guaranteed. All right, Cam Newton. Uh, Mike Reese had an interesting nugget over the weekend. He's got a great column every Sunday that looks at various little issues and news items relating to the Patriots. He wrote that Cam Newton spent time working with a throwing coach, rebuilding some of his fundamentals in the offseason. And now that he was back last week for phase two and they were out on the field actually doing things, teammates were impressed by the progress That Cam Newton has made remember two years ago he completely revamped his throwing motion after shoulder surgery we forgot about that because he was done for the year with a foot injury week two but Cam Newton making some tweaks working toward doing whatever he needs to do to be better with the
3: Patriots and the message is so far so good based upon what people saw last week yeah that's what you hear that it looked good I mean let's not forget yeah he needs work we know that it was it was choppy as hell you know the second half of, of 2020 it was all over the place, you know, but at the same time, let's not forget that early in the year, you know, before COVID and th- some of those things, he wasn't rhythm and throwing dimes and lasers all over the football field. You know, so, you know, you, 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 talk about like, yeah, I've seen some of this stuff. I know he did. He, a few weeks ago, he had a video with like George Whitfield on Instagram with him throwing and things like that. Yeah, he has to last year. Mechanics fell apart after he came back from COVID. And I think when you talk about, like, Mike, yeah, you know, this is a guy that's still, he's got a gifted arm. There's no doubt about it. But he's had a lot of hiccups that have taken him out of the rhythm of throwing the last few years. You know, yeah, like you said, played played one year, was playing awesome, hurt his shoulder, tried to play through that year with the pain. That could cause bad mechanics. The next year you come back, you've rested the shoulder, done all those things, tried to change it a little, hurt the foot. You never really get in a new rhythm of, like, the new mechanics or the things you got to do. Then last year, yeah, he got it going. But I I do want to make sure people understand, like, it's not easy, you know, and especially for a guy who, yes, has to stay on top of his mechanics to stay in rhythm. For a guy to go through, a quarterback, especially in a new spot, a new offense, all of those type of things, Mike, and I know you've heard me say this before, but you're in rhythm, you're trying to learn, you're thinking about mechanics, hey, go sit in a hotel room for three weeks. You Can't throw, can't do anything, can't work out, Can't you can't do crap. Oh, now you're coming back, you're playing in the game, we need you to throw strikes. Hit the outside corner, hit the inside corner, do that, do that. No, it didn't work. And it fell apart from there. I I still got faith in the guy. I can't lie. And I expect him to be better.
2: Can we pop that graphic back up, please? Because my math skills have deteriorated in recent years. But that looks like 60% of all of his throws were either behind the line of scrimmage or within zero to nine yards from the line of scrimmage. Six out of ten throws, either screens little dump offs behind the line of scrimmage or short passes beyond that that is amazing yeah Chris. he's got to get the ball down the field more now this may be a product of not having the weapons that that that's the thing that, you, there's it a cluster of patriots fans who yeah. have decided that cam newton sucks right and they get upset when you say he could still be pretty good and then when they drafted mac jones see he sucks wait a minute wait a minute he didn't have the help last year and bill belichick's going to going to go with the guy that helps the team win he doesn't care right he doesn't care if they spent the 15th overall pick on Mac Jones whoever's going to help the team win is the guy that's going to play is it Newton then it's him is it Mac Jones then it's him it's pure and total meritocracy when it comes to who gets on the field and this year there's better guys on the field around him so maybe he can get the ball down the field a little bit more.
3: yeah definitely I mean there's just so many things that went into last year and went into the demise of his throwing and everything like that yeah you know Took a few weeks off from mentally growing within the offense. Julian Edelman gets hurt in that period. Now he's not as good. You know, the receivers were crappy to begin with. You know, so all of it. You know, they played a few good football teams. It it just all kind of hit that spot where, yeah, it fell apart in throwing. He's definitely got to fix it. There's no doubt about that. I do believe he can. We've seen him do that. And, hey, the biggest thing we know out of anything is, I mean, New England brought – New England must think this. New England didn't didn't just like, well, he was so crappy and horrible. Let's bring him back. Man, there was nothing to like, but let's bring him back. You know, let's piss the fan base off. No. They obviously know that, you know, the the odds were stacked against him last year. There was a lot of issues. They know their football team wasn't perfect. He still is a great leader. He has a presence on the field. He puts way more pressure on defenses than people give him credit for. I know his past game stats aren't that good. When you add it with his rush stats and some of the things he does that way, the stats don't look that bad. You got to remember that, too. That's part of his game is running the ball and doing that stuff. So, you know, I'm rooting for him because I'm kind of sick of everybody hating on him. I can say that much.
2: Julian Edelman last week on the Michael Irvin podcast. We played this and reacted to it on Friday when Chris was sound asleep. I want Chris to hear what Edelman had to say about Cam Newton, and we'll talk about that a little bit more on the other side. Here's Edelman from last week with Michael Irvin.
4: Last year was an absolute like joke. Which it was. I mean, you know th- these these the COVID stuff. I mean, you can you couldn't have a routine. There was like so many regulations and spacing and trackers I mean, i don't think it was fair to see um you know with with how cam had to go through that you know what i mean and i'm gonna be very interested to see how he goes this year because he's got now he's got a year under his belt my guy's probably working his tail off on all his reads you know he's he's probably been working hard that's that's his mo cam works hard you know now we gotta, we got to see if he can work smart in the right areas. And if he does that, he's going to give himself an opportunity to do well. You know what I mean? You know, but he's also going to have to beat out the young gun because the young gun is there. Little Mac attack, whatever. Yeah. You know, this, this kid, you know, you don't, that's a, that, a, a first-round draft pick. That's like a real first-round draft pick.
2: Yeah, it is. That's a guy that was going to go number three overall to the 49ers until he didn't in Mac Jones. So that is a real first-round draft pick hovering over Cam Newton's shoulder. And work hard versus work smart. Hey, I understand that concept. Me too. You try to do both if you can, but you don't want to spin your wheels in the mud. You want to find a way to put in effort that is going to make you better. And maybe last year Cam didn't fully understand how to work smart within the confines the Patriots offense. It was a new experience for him. He's got a year under his belt. He can focus his efforts on where he needs to. And it sounds like he's already done that in the offseason at the behest, presumably, right. Of Josh McDaniels and or Bill Belichick, who told him, Here's what you need to work on on your own time. Here's where you need to be better when we get together again in May.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think that's why they, you know, signed him up, you know, and got that ball rolling pretty early in the process, once they realized they might not get a trade they wanted or anything like that. So they can get rolling on those type of things that we're talking about. Hey, he's a smart guy. There's no doubt. We've always heard he worked hard. I think, like Julian Edelman put it perfectly, you know, smart in right areas. You know, it's just like the guy, like, hey, hey, the guy at the gym. He's doing, you know, he's doing bench press. His pecs are gigantic. Great, you know, but your arms and your chest are bigger than your legs, man. We need to get in the squat machine, or you're not having any real power. So now he's got to work smart, like Cam Newton. I think what Julian Edelman is now saying is like, listen, we know you work hard. You're a leader. Now you got to get into like nuances of the offense and really master that. I think that's what he's talking about when he's talking about working smart. You know, the things you weren't good at, you know, ball placement, accuracy, those type of things. It's got to improve this year. And especially to what he said, like the guy he's got coming in there, Mac Jones, is really special in those areas. So, it's going to show itself even more when you talk about accuracy and the great decisions and processing information. Those are Mac Jones staples. That's why everybody loved them. And that's where, you know, Cam's going to have to make those improvements. But last year was tough, as Julian Edelman said. I'm glad he stated that at least.
2: Let's take a quick break. When we return, one of the original dramas of the offseason has subsided dramatically. Recently, a couple of members of the Seahawks organization addressed the Russell Wilson situation, which seems to be over, but sometimes when things seem to be over, that's when they get dusted off again. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live.
0: Seems like it's really old news to, to talk about this because it's been such a long time. Which the, the, he, the little bit that he said carried so much airtime that uh, it, it, it became bigger than life. Uh, so throughout the whole process, Russell, we've always been connected. We've always been talking. We've never not been in, in communication, and we weren't at all at this, this time either. And uh, a couple things that came out got magnified and the questions came out and there was a couple things, you know, he was frustrated when he was talking, just like any of us can sometimes emphasize something that's you know on the top of our mind and it can, it can be played differently than it really played itself out. We've had a really good off season of working and, uh, and there was an ongoing media discussion that I did not take part in, John and I did not, we refused it to be party to that. And Russ did what he could once, once he saw it happening to stay as quiet as he could because it, we, it was going to play and have a life of its own anyway. So what it, what it amounted to was, uh, I think, a refocusing, you know, making sure that we were on the same page, making sure that we were clear so that we could withstand any of the scrutiny that would come come towards us. And we did that. And so uh, we've had a good offseason and we're, we're cranking. He's fired up in, in about his team. He's fired up about his coaching staff. He's fired up about the season coming up. And and he just as he knows how to do, he's been competing his his butt off to be right and ready and and, and be on point.
2: Pete Carroll last week with Rich Eisen said a lot of stuff there. Here's he said the a lot, line. a lot of filibustering
3: here, here's, there.
2: <laughs> here, here's the bottom line. Right. Three days after the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson was on with Dan Patrick, and he said some things. Yes, he did, Pete. He said things that we never hear a quarterback say publicly. He vented. Publicly, it was clear right? publicly right, that he's not happy with the current situation in Seattle. He lit the fuse and he ran away and the bomb went off. And I think the only reason it has settled down is because he understands it didn't result In what he was hoping for. Yeah. And he's got no way to force what he's been hoping for, which is a new destination. It's going to happen at some point, folks. When he signed his most recent contract, I was told it's the last contract he signed with the Seahawks. And I've mentioned that from time to time. You have. And people are like, you're crazy. You're nuts. Okay, wait. Just wait. He's got three years left on this deal. He's not going to sign another contract with the Seahawks. Write it down. Put it in an envelope. Open it up. Whenever. Do not open until Christmas 2023. He's not going to sign another contract with the Seahawks. It's not going to happen. And they found a way to contain it because it's not in his interest for this to be a mess all year long. No. They've done a good job of setting it aside. It's still there. It's still there. Of
3: course it is.
2: It doesn't just go away because they stop talking about it. It's still there.
3: No, exactly right. I mean, they just have turned their focus somewhere else right now. I mean, Russell Wilson's smart enough to know, like, it's not going to happen this year. Not with the amount of money I'm making, the salary cap hit, everything like that. So like, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers, I sit here and just have a hard time believing that this isn't Russell Wilson's last year with the Seattle Seahawks. That was a planned attack, a planned attack to tell the whole world that he wasn't happy in Seattle and that he wanted out of there without really saying the words I want out of there. I have four places I'd like to go, but I still want to stay here. I mean, no. I mean, he wanted out. I mean, come on. He's. I mean, that's never happened. I know. That's
2: never happened. Right. I've been following the NFL for right. 50 years, and there's never been a shortlist top five quarterback in the league whose agent came out and said, my client never. wants to stay with his current team. But here are the four teams yes. which he would accept a trade oh, right. if a trade were to happen. Right. And, and I think we just kind of process these things when they occur because, well, it happened. He said it. Yeah, no one's ever said that before. It's never gotten to that point. Aaron Rodgers hasn't even said that to his agent for crying out loud. Right. So uh, I I think it's one more year. And, Chris, you mentioned the cap hit. Yeah. We spent 25 minutes talking about Julio Jones in June 2 for Julio. That's when the cap hit reduces. Same for the Seahawks. The cap hit dropped from 39 to 13 as of next week. And – Who's to say that there isn't a team out there that's been plotting for that moment to make the Seahawks an offer they can't refuse the morning of June 2? Who's to say that's not out there? Nobody saw what the 49ers did moving from 12 to 3 coming until it happened. Who's to say that one of the teams on his list that hasn't addressed the quarterback position or some other team that's out there lurking that we don't know about? Who's to say they don't have something ready to go? Offer to be made, June 2. Here it is. What are you going to do, Seahawks? You can't rule that out because one thing I've learned over the last 20 years of covering this sport every single day is that anything can and will happen at any given time.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you never rule it out with guys like this, of this caliber. I mean, it's one of the best players in football. I mean, hands down. There's no, any, no other way to say it. Um, but it, but it, it's a weird off season, you know? And I, I don't know. You're right. I don't know. There's no team like the two teams when you bring things up like that that I go, who could come out of left field and maybe make a play like that? You know? Las I, Vegas Raiders. Right. I think of them, yes, no doubt. Derek Carr plus picks plus other stuff
2: for Russell Wilson. Right. And you do it quickly. You do it quietly with no buildup, right, with no drama. I'm not saying it's obviously. We no, have but no idea. A, I know, but, but that's your. Team. But that's you're, that's yeah. one where lightning. If lightning's going to strike, that's where it would come from. Yeah,
3: I mean, I still think of Denver and Chicago in that scenario a little bit if that was to come come about. But either way, you I mean you
2: offer. Him, wait, wait, wait. Whoa! I know. Whoa. Do
3: you offer him Justin? Fields? I guess. What do you maybe do there? both. I don't know. Maybe you give him Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, and then you just go with Russell Wilson and Nick Foles as your quarterbacks of the year. throwing Nick Foles. I, too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> no. know. But those are at least like if you're talking those Jim possibilities. <laughs> (laughs) it does jump out to me but yeah Yeah. another like you're right we've kind of forgot about the Russell Wilson stuff and Seattle I will say this we're talking about the breakup I will say this Seattle is amazing it just like hey we got dysfunction no big deal doesn't matter we're going to compete we're going to work we're going to compete we're going to chew gum fast we're going to throw balls that's what we're (laughs) going to do that's what we are we're Seattle like and I do respect them for that I do think they're a team that can kind of like just kind of swipe this under the rug and be like, all right, we don't really like each other, but we'll make it work for football's sake and we'll have a great year and then we'll hate each other when the year's over again. Like, I, I they have that ability up there. I think you did. Killing two stones with one bird. <laughs> I on think purpose. I did. I'm gonna roll the day. Su-
2: You didn't do swipe under the rug on purpose though. Swipe under the rug. No, no that will be back. I'm out morning.
3: of my i me- I'm a this mess this morning. morning. I'm all over the place. <laughs>
2: and and you almost slipped into your old time voice. You know the old time movie voice. <laughs> yeah. You, isn't aren't you the one that does that? I do, am yeah. I, champ. Am champ, I nuts? Champ, champ. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah I did. When you were doing the chew gum fast right. and they're gonna do all that. But <laughs> but yeah, they, they they have no choice but to make chicken salad out of a bad situation. And remember this, because when the Aaron Rodgers stuff bubbled up last month, one of the first crazy thoughts I had is, hey, right. John Schneider's a Packers shareholder, and you know, let's swap our problem quarterbacks, but the problem is it's that Green Bay mentality in the front office in Seattle as well. We run it. You just work here. That was one of the things that came to light. The Athletic had that, that long look at, into what's happening with the Seahawks, and it was Russell Wilson who... Had some ideas, short week game, Thursday night against the Cardinals. We got to fix this. We've lost a couple of games. Things aren't going well. Here's what we can do. And they politely told him to get the hell out of yeah, here. Right. right. Th- that, that's the attitude that the front office has in Seattle toward the quarterback. That's the attitude the front office has in Green Bay toward the quarterback. And Russell Wilson's eventually going to end up with a team that doesn't have that attitude toward the quarterback. It's going to happen, folks. Yeah. It's going to happen. Th- this year, and maybe in the grander scheme of things this was the warning shot to get everyone comfortable with the idea that it's going to happen next year so it's not as shocking when it does happen next year because before this year the ardent seahawks fans the folks who wear the 12 jerseys they refuse to accept the possibility of russell wilson ever playing anywhere else next year when it happens they'll be able to deal with it
3: yeah i i I agree with you there mike i think that yeah he he didn't care either way whether it happened this year either way he was going to get this ball rolling let it be known and i know i mean you know some of the things you said listen i you you know i know people around the nfl he he has told people he wants he wants it to be the russell wilson show not to the fact of i'm saying like he wants it to be like all about him he wants it to be all about him as far as on the field playing he doesn't want to be like hey run to the left Hey, pull the guard to the right, run it again. Oh, hey, it's third and seven, and now I got to make magic. He wants to be like Mahomes and be like, oh, zoom, there's Tyree Kill over the middle. And then, oh, play action, boom, I'm going to throw a bomb down the field, and we're in the shotgun, and it's all about me, and the offense is all about me. That's what he wants. That's what he's telling people, and Seattle's not going to give him that with Pete Carroll there. So that's why it's going to end. And
2: that's why the Bears were on the list. Matt Nagy came to exactly. Kansas City, right. knows how to make the offense
3: run through the quarterback. John Gruden, offense right. runs through the quarterback. Dallas so, runs through yeah. the quarterback, right? I mean, it was yep. all the teams that can throw and light up the sky with big passing yards.
2: And it's going to happen somewhere, somehow, next year, I believe, if not next year, the year after. Here's DK Metcalf, and during the season this past year, You had D.K. and Russ talking about how they want to set the all-time record for quarterback, receiver, touchdowns. If Russ isn't there, that's going to be hard to do. D.K. Metcalf commenting on the Russell Wilson situation from last week.
1: I don't get into anybody else's business during the offseason. That's just just, the business, right? That's just the business part. Right, yeah. You stay away from... If my name's not being mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm away from it. It would have to actually happen for me to actually mm-hmm. take precautions or say something.
2: Yeah, it's too late to take precautions if it happens. To <laughs> I don't want to get overly technical about it, but it's over at that point. There's no precautions to be taken other than to say trade, trade, me, trade me to where you just traded Russell Wilson. The- But uh, uh, look, that would be a huge factor for DK Metcalf. And I think one of the big questions would be, who's the quarterback going to be? If you are going to pick up somebody who can come in and get it done, then, you know, so be it. You you try to make do with what you have, but they feel like they're tied together. But if Russell Wilson wants out, so be it. I, I think being on a team where the offense runs through Russell Wilson is more important to him than being teammates with DK Metcalf as long as they possibly can.
3: Agreed. Yeah. I think this is all of this is, it's about Russell Wilson, his legacy, things like that. I think this is, it's bigger than his personal relationship with DK Metcalf and, and Hey, listen, I don't know if there's a receiver, a quarterback in football who praises his go-to receiver more than Russell Wilson does on DK Metcalf. He, I mean, he really, he says all the right things about that guy. It is a special connection, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it seems like it's coming to the end. And, I mean, listen, I take DK at his word. God, you know, Mike. I mean, guys don't get involved in that stuff. I'm sure he was paying attention. Maybe he sent a text to Russ just to be like, hey, everything good, dude, bro, whatever. And that's it. But it is part of business. It is that way. And players stay out of that, you know. So, uh, you understand that. Now, it's a little different than, I think, Aaron Rodgers As compared to Russell Wilson with the business like, you know, this is this is Russell Wilson wanting out of town like see ya. like I don't want to be here. I want it to be different blah, blah, blah. Aaron Rodgers wants to stay. He's been slapped in the face a few times and that could add to a different dynamic in the in the locker room to a degree.
2: And I also think from a personality standpoint, Russell Wilson isn't going to ask for John Schneider to be fired, assuming no. that, that report right. is true there. And Rodgers wanted Brian Gutekunst out. Russell Wilson is going to send group texts making fun of John Schneider and calling him Jerry Krause. He's yeah, not going sure. to play it that way. Right. He's always going to play it positive. He's always going to play it in a high road fashion. He's never going to venture off the high road. But but unlike Aaron Rodgers, he will go on a show And tell the world what's bothering him. And Aaron gets his chance tonight with Kenny Main. Will Aaron be 10% as candid as Russell Wilson was with Dan Patrick? We'll find out. So that ties it all together. Let's move on when we return. Another quarterback who wants out. The latest with Deshaun Watson as we creep closer to training camp. And will the NFL actually put him on paid leave? There's reason to think that Deshaun Watson and his lawyers believe he's going to be available to play this year. We'll explain that next year on PFT Live. You got three quarterbacks who all want out of their current situations. Deshaun Watson was the first one we found out about not long after the regular season ended, and it looked like it was moving in that direction until the first of what ultimately became 22 lawsuits were filed against him. Now we're in a strange state of limbo as we wait to see what will occur. One of the things that came out recently, and this was an item posted Friday on SI.com, Cal McNair through the Texans acknowledging that his personal attorney contacted both parties in the Deshaun Watson cases to suggest mediation. Mr. McNair had no personal involvement in any of those discussions. The Texans organization has not had any direct contact with either party. Well, they don't need to get involved when the guy's lawyer is the one who's trying to broker a potential settlement. And the Texans have every reason to do it. Number one, if the cases settle, they can trade him. Number two, if the cases settle they don't have to worry about the possibility of Deshaun Watson reporting for training camp, which he will if these cases aren't resolved, and then possibly being placed on paid leave where Cal McNair gets to pay Deshaun Watson $10 million plus to not play football this year. He's not going to play for the Texans one way or the other. I wouldn't think so. No. The question is, if he's not going to play, do you want to pay him $10 million? No, you don't. Now, as I say that, there is, there is, Chris, one scenario where he does play for the Texans this year. He shows up thinking he's going to get placed on paid leave, and he doesn't get placed on paid leave. That's the one scenario where he plays for the Texans.
3: So wait, what are you saying there? He, he shows up. Go ahead. Say that one Cases more time. Cases aren't settled. Yeah. Cases aren't settled. Right.
2: Okay. Right. Training camp yeah. opens. Right. Right. Cases aren't settled. He's not going to hold out. Yeah. He thinks he's going to get placed on paid leave. So, end result, same. I don't have to play for the Texans, but I get $10 million and I don't have to pay back a bunch of money I've already been paid in fines, etc. Because the moment I walk through the door, somebody from the league office is going to say, you're on paid leave. Yeah, He shows up, and they don't put him on paid leave. They, they, they let him stay. What's he do then? Right. What's he do? Does he leave? Once he finds out he's not being placed on paid leave. So th- th- there is a scenario where he activates the season, shows up for camp, and under the CBA, it's it's harder to stay away. It's harder to leave than it is to never show up from the standpoint of the rights you have. Yeah, Once right. you're there, it's so much more difficult from the from leverage and what you can get paid and whether you can even play. If you leave and they send you the five-day letter, and you don't come back after the five day letter and they put you on the left squad list. Yeah. You play for no one that year. You get paid by no one that right. year. You are shut down for the whole year. So my point is he shows up and he's not put on paid leave. Yeah. He may be he they may have
3: five quarterbacks in Houston this year. Well, he I mean, if that happens and they don't put him on paid leave, I mean to me that it's it's easy. He just stays there. You continue you play football, you practice, you put the pressure on the organization to do something. Yeah. It's gonna be a media circus every day. He's gonna have to deal with that and balance out the, the stresses of that in his life, no doubt. But that would be the play for sure there. You know, and, and, and I have a hard time believing that it would get to that point. I mean, you know, I mean it's not crazy. I, I know that, but I, I would think that's where the NFL would jump in at some point, because they're not gonna want like the number one topic to kick off the 21, 2021 season is Deshaun Watson holding, you know, weekly press conferences about this and all this. And this is the main thing in the NFL. So that's where I would find it hard to believe, but I, I hear what you're saying. The personal conduct policy allows the NFL to put a player
2: on paid leave. And there are different circumstances where that power arises. In the absence of criminal charges, it's a little bit more difficult. And if the criminal complaints, that have been made by multiple of the 22 women who are suing him, if that results in a prosecution, that's a different story altogether. It's easier to justify putting him on paid leave. Chris, without a criminal prosecution, the standard is this. When an investigation leads the commissioner to believe that a player may have violated this policy by committing any of the conduct identified above, and for these purposes, the most significant of that is sexual activity by force sexual assault by force because there were two of the 22 women claiming that may have committed is the key that's a broad broad standard and it basically allows with all these words in the policy it allows the league to do whatever it wants to do and it's all driven by PR but but boy that would be an interesting twist if he shows up believing he's going to be placed on paid leave and ultimately isn't, maybe they would trade him at that point. Maybe another team out there would say, hey, if he's not going to be placed on paid leave, we'll do it. I think so. One other point. And here's why I think there's some quiet confidence in Deshaun Watson's camp that he's got a chance to play this year. The way that the the deadlines have been set up for these lawsuits, they've agreed that he can't be subject to deposition testimony until after the next Super Bowl, meaning that I saw that. this wow. case – will not land on his radar screen for right. anything he has to do until he's fully and completely clear of the coming football season
3: yeah that that's uh, unbelievable I mean I saw that you wrote that I can't I remember if that was Friday or Saturday on, yes, on PFP. Friday that was a, a shocking thing to see there uh because yeah I guess my common thought was hey you want to get this done I thought maybe he'd do this here quickly uh but it adds a, a different little scenario to this this whole topic here and yeah I don't I mean listen i'm I'm I don't know where the hell this goes. I will say, I do, like you have said here, and you've heard me say this from the beginning. I think there's a number of teams that are still gauging this and watching this and have still are just chalking this up a little bit to, like, like I've said before. And sorry for, you know, a a horny guy with a fetish. Sorry. That's what they've kind of, like, a little bit. There is that. I've heard that from the start. I don't think that's gone away. And I don't know where this is going to go from here. I mean,. Sorry for that.
2: Tony Busby, who represents the 22 women confirmed to SI.com, that he is the one who is insisting on full confidentiality. Right. That is not the way it typically goes. It's usually the person who's writing the check that wants confidentiality. And regardless of, of why Busby wants confidentiality, there's speculation that maybe these payments aren't going to be all that much at the end of the day, and Busby doesn't want people to know how little Watson paid to to make these cases become resolved. Point I've made recently, and I think this is an important one to remember, you don't get to the point where you're talking about whether or not the settlement is confidential unless you have an idea of what the settlement is going to be. There's no reason to have the discussion as to whether or not the settlement's confidential if you don't have an agreement or something close to it. That tells me that, Chris, at any moment... This gets dusted off and this gets resolved, especially if you've got 22 women who know that there's a number that they're satisfied with to get this past them and they can move forward with their lives. Meanwhile, they're looking at a window that opens in September for them to have to sit for hours and hours and be grilled about their allegations by lawyers who have already said we don't think you're telling the truth. So I think at some point before the first witness is sworn in, you're going to see a deal that 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 may be between now and when the first witness is sworn in for a deposition. That may be when these cases resolve. Yeah, Mike's Whenever make, that is, makes
3: sense, Mike. I mean, I, I I hear you there. So we'll we'll see. I mean, it's just crazy. The whole story's crazy, and uh, Texans got you know some tough things to figure out here, and of course Deshaun Watson, the NFL, they all got some tough things to figure out
2: all right let's take a break when we return i I can't believe i haven't mentioned this yet the top 40 countdown begins not with casey Kasem, but with a man who knows how to kill two stones with one bird that's right
3: sims top 40 boom (laughs) (laughs) when we return right after talent two stones with one bird (laughs) that's talent
1: (laughs) the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up